Welcome to the Darren Batchelder Multifamily Real Estate Podcast. Today we are joined by the multifaceted Ryan Dumas with a portfolio boasting over $149 million in assets under management. Ryan has cultivated a successful career in multifamily investing. His experience spans across managing 600 plus apartment units, 200,000 square feet of flex industrial space, and working as a commercial mortgage broker for over nine years. Ryan puts his investors first and has a passion for what he does. Buckle up as we journey into Ryan's world of multifamily investing. But before we get started, I know it's scary and uncomfortable doing something for the first time. I got started investing in real estate five short years ago. Since then, I've invested in many different multifamily properties, both as a limited partner and as a general partner. If you have questions, I'm here to help. Visit DarrenBatchelder.com forward slash investor call and let's get those questions answered. This episode is sponsored by Cashflow Portal, real estate syndication software that accelerates capital raising. I'm both an LP and a GP in many multifamily deals. I've used many different software applications for the capital raising process, and I like Cashflow Portal the most. I'm so confident in the software and the Cashflow Portal team that I've become an investor in the company. If you are a syndicator looking for a software platform, then let the Cashflow Portal team know that you heard about them on Darren's podcast and you will automatically receive three months off an annual contract. You can find the company at cashflowportal.com. Welcome to Darren Batchelder's Real Estate Investing Show. Each week, you will learn how to grow your wealth through real estate investing, be introduced to the players that are getting it done, and learn how you can get involved. And now, here's your host, Darren Batchelder. Hello, everyone. Today, we have a very special guest. We've got Ryan Dumas with us. Ryan, appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, Darren. Absolutely. So a little bit on how we know each other. This is the first time we're talking, but we've exchanged emails back and forth, and we've talked about possibly working together. And um, so I'm very interested to hear what Ryan's been up to. And um, Ryan is actually in Clearwater, Florida. I'm in Dallas, and um, we're both in the hot middle of summer, but we're going we're gonna to see what we can get out of today. So uh, with that, can you share with the listeners how many properties and how many units you're invested in? Yeah, we have, uh, I believe it's 13 assets now, um, nine apartment complexes, three self-storage, and then we have a land deal that we've entitled uh, in Bradenton. But we are in seven different states and really transitioning now to uh, Midwest multifamily, build to rent houses, and um, the self-storage uh, new build in areas where there is demand pretty much the, the secondary markets. A lot of the, lot of the uh, primary markets in Florida are oversaturated, but um, over 750 units of self-storage and over 750 units of, apart- of apartments. Awesome. So I've been reading a bunch uh, about how some of the 
You know, all of, I'm predominantly in the growth markets in the Sun Belt, Texas and Carolinas. I'm not in Florida. I should be in Florida, but I'm not. Um, Arizona, Colorado. But I've been reading a lot about the Midwest as being, having the strongest rent growth right now. So why are you moving to the Midwest? I mean, probably the same story everybody else here, but we've, we've moved to the Midwest um, back in December. Um, ever since, um, kind of like, I'll just go back to Florida. But we're in Florida. We have uh, stuff in Lakeland, Tampa, Bradenton, and Naples, and the insurance has doubled. So, of course, if the insurance doubles, that affects the NOI. Um, also, the brokers aren't going to um, look at the insurance and go, hey, it's going to double next year. Here goes the price. They're going to lower the price. So we're still looking in Florida, but we're being very cautious in case the insurance goes up another 25%. But um, the market's doing good in um, Indiana, Ohio. There's certain areas that we, we like in that class C plus, B plus area. But um, the, the insurances haven't went up. And actually a couple markets, they, they either went down or where we thought they were going to be in our performa, they were a little lower. But, um, you know, good rents. Um, also, a lot of people right now, there um, may not be everybody from New York and California moved down here. We'd be going to other places that are um, that make sense and they can afford. So, but a lot of these places in Indiana and Kentucky, and but Ohio. So we have Dayton, Cincinnati, Fort Wayne, and um, Evansville. But um, we love the market and it's it's a quiet market, but it's good. So it may be too early to tell, but um, you know, in the past few years when I talk to syndicators who are, you know, focused on the Midwest. What they've explained to me is that there's not the big end, back end pop, you know, that you get in some of the, the larger growth markets, population growth markets, you know, job markets. Um, but the cash flow is really, really good. And so I don't know, is that the same situation today or is the appreciation potential better today it's good cash flow good appreciation there's steady growth uh you know that two three four percent a a year it's good growth uh but it's not as nowhere near as up and down as vegas and phoenix are for one we don't i don't like to gamble but um there's there's good markets there and it seemed like about a year ago we first started going in there maybe eight nine months ago there wasn't many people looking. Now, now people are looking in Arkansas and Ohio, Indiana. There's there's a good South Dakota. I saw some 500 units being built, and and a couple of these bigger guys out there buying. But but yeah, it, it makes sense. Um, we haven't bought anything um, you know previous years before, but the market does well. Good cash flow, and we see um, people are asking us to to sell our properties we we bought six seven months ago that we're already hitting our year two, year three projections. Fantastic. Um, and some of those deals we've looked at about a 125 to 150 increase and we're already hitting a two to 250 increase a month. Wow. So we're, we're doing great. Fantastic. So why do you, like you're in a good market, you're in Florida. Like why, why do you invest out of state? You said that you're invested in seven different states. So why did you invest in other states and how difficult is it to invest in states that you don't live in well first of all the um, one thing that is big when people hear investing in their states it's, it's not a good idea unless you have an operator that is close by and local to that area so we have a an operator a couple operators that are close by the the indianapolis the, i'm sorry the, Indi- the indiana deals 
and one that's real close to um, the Cincinnati Dayton deal we have. So again, and they have boots in the ground, they have construction. So all these things are very important than just, oh, let's buy a place and, you know, 2,000 miles away. And then it's absentee owner now. And that's who we usually buy from, absentee owner, mom, pop. But the reason we bought there, I mean, mainly is we're looking in Florida. We're looking in the, the Sun Belt minus Arizona, I guess you want to call it. And nothing really made sense for us. And uh, the insurance being doubled, like I said, the brokers, realtors aren't going down in price that much. And we're not going to go ahead and, and double the price of the insurance and then having a chance of it going up again and overpaying. So we're really big of, you know, giving a lot of offers, writing a lot of LOIs out and, um, you know, doing seller finance. Um, but again, we just closed on a self storage in Georgia and it was at 50 cents a square foot. We're already over a dollar a square foot. Um, and our performance at one twenty five. Wow. So again, we're still buying right. in, in that Southeast, but the Midwest is a really good market, especially for multifamily. So uh, you said seller finance, you know, predominantly syndicators that, that I talked to are doing either agency or, or the last few years bridge and or bank lending. And so how do you get involved with a seller financing deal and how to talk through an, an example of that? So, so that's a good topic. I think out of all of our deals to kind of backtrack, we only have a, I think it's a, a couple of the agency deals. It's just that they're, their their prepayment, their defeasance is pretty hefty, pretty high. Right. Um, so that's one of the things. There are step downs and some other prepayment penalties that they have. But if we have a three or four year and there's going to be two, three, four percent left, it may not make sense to us. So um, we're just looking at different opportunities. We do a lot of uh, a local bank and sometimes we can do a seller note. Um, we've had a couple of deals where we've had, we've raised the money in a week, two, three weeks. And the seller's like, Hey, what's going on? And we're like, the bank is taking forever. They gave us a 6.9%. What do you think? And he's like, I'll give you a six, six and a half, whatever it is. And, um, we'll, and then sometimes we'll go, Hey, we had a 25 year amortization. Could you give us a 30? So, I mean, again, you know, and sometimes they'll say, Hey, the price needs to go up a little bit, but you know, give to them and, and we, and we take a little bit extra too, but it's just, it has to make sense. The agency are a little harder with how you're structuring right. a seller hold because they won't allow a second position, but the local banks are, are pretty hungry and they'll, they're, they're not as, as stringent. So the, the, on the seller accepting the note, um, say he agreed to do the 30 year am, is there a balloon? Is he actually holding that for 30 um, we, years or? We've done a, no, no, that's just the amortization. Right. But, um, We've done a couple of them. I know one was a five plus five. So the five year term plus a five year option. And I believe that one was at the same rate now. So again, if the rates drop down 2%, we'll refinance out. If the rates go up, we'll keep it. But um, a lot of people now for the deal to make sense, it has to be in the four or 5% rate or a 30 year amortization to, to make sense or some of these deals. And you don't just go, Hey, I want a 3% interest only. But you're like, hey, for your price to, to work, we need to be at three at a three percent interest only for it to work to pay my investors right. and myself. So I mean, and I haven't done any with the the interest only. Now we did do our our uh, Bradenton land that we have entitled that we're selling right now. We bought it about a year ago, and we're selling it right now. We um we have a I think it's a three or three and a half percent interest only on that. So that's a pretty good pretty good deal. And we might actually um 
give that to the developer and um, they can extend that on as well. You could assign the, the loan over to them? Yeah, they said that they would do it already. And that's one thing that we asked for uh, just in case um, about a year ago. And that's one thing with having a finance, financier, financial person on, the, on, the, um, on these deals they can help out because we don't get a whole lot of variable rates because there was a lot of deals. You were like, get a variable rate. I'm like, nope, I'm out. Cause I know what could happen. I didn't think it was going to happen this bad, right? but yeah. Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people stuck with floating rate. Um, hey, talk, talk about, you know, not everybody is, is as, as bold with their faith and, you know, you, you know, put it right out there. So talk about your faith, how you, you know, look at freedom and, you know, freedom, you know, some people look at it as financial freedom. Some people look at it as time and financial freedom, but what's your perspective on on those two areas? I mean, I just, one of the things that we have is, you know, believe in, in, in God and to, to share it. So, I mean, it's just one of the, it's just kind of crazy about two weeks ago, we had a buddy at our church that was always, greeting me, greeting everybody, helping people. He was always with his kids and um, he, he passed away. Mm. So again, it's one of those things that I want to make sure to spread the gospel. Um, it's about the stronger I am, the closer I am to God, the better I am as a father and the better I am as a husband. Um, well, actually it's the husband first because I was always, I was always kids, 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 but nobody's teaching me how to become a better father and a better husband to raise those kids. And I have four daughters. Um, but I mean, family, faith and family is very important. So, I mean, I can, if I can tell a little story in 2019, I I did really good. I've been doing commercial financing for about 11 years. I'm still doing it. And and just imagine the rates are high right now. So I'm not that busy, but I'm doing some deals. 2019, I made some really good money. I was traveling all over speaking and doing everything for commercial financing with hoteliers, apartments, self-storage, uh, long story short, we went into uh, 2020. Uh, everybody knows COVID happened. And I was sitting at the house just <laughs> twiddling my thumbs. A lot of my hoteliers and even apartments were like, hey, we're taking we're taking a, a month or two off. Um, and a lot of hotel people in certain areas were like, hey, I got 10% occupancy. What do I do? I was like, I, I don't know. There's a big scare out here. I don't know. And my last event was best ever conference in February and came down. And that's when everything started happening in that February, March. But um, yeah, it was one of those things I saw on Facebook as I was sitting home for days and days. We're just playing board games. We were having drinks. We were having food. I probably gained a lot of weight from the beginning of COVID, you know, washing them down with Clorox bleaches, tabs, and and everything else. And But um, it's one of those things I saw in there. And it said, hey, dad, how much money do you make? And I was sitting there. I'm like, well, what is this garbage? And I looked at it and I, I think I saw that picture. And it's like, I don't know, a hundred bucks an hour. And then like the girl turns around and she goes, dad, here's 50 bucks. Can I have 30 minutes of your time? And I'm like, man, that's me. Like my parent, my, my wife was like, Hey, dinner's ready. I'm like, Oh, I'm making a call. You know how much money I'm going to make here. And uh, the kids, how much, you know, I'm, I'm doing this work and work until seven, eight o'clock. And it just, there was no shut off. And of course I was listening to Tim Brotz and some others about, Hey, you know, making sure you have a shut off. Make sure you have, you know, your time with your kids, your wife and, and everything. And so just a lot of those things that, that that I saw and that I wasn't doing. And somebody's like, oh, you're doing this with your kids and you're doing that. I'm like, no, 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 I wasn't. A lot of people 
may have an organization or give because they're given to fatherless kids because they didn't have a father or they've learned to be a better father. But that's one of the things that, and I'm not, I, I get better at it. We're all working and I want other people to, to be better at it. Like I take my kids out and I'm like, Oh, every Thursday I take my kids out for daddy daughter day. And, um, something like that. I'd be like, Oh, you're this. I'm like, listen, I'm not better. I'm just, now I'm trying to be a better father. And I have three daughters at the house and one that's in college now. And I try to spend as much time. And then my one that's in college and, and getting ready to check into college this week. I'm like, Hey, just so you know, we're still doing daddy daughter next Thursday. Sometimes she'll pop in. I'll have all four of them, but it's different because I've asked. So in my mastermind, the core, there's, there's 95 of us now. I ask you, I'm like, Hey, do you guys, um, spend time with your kids. Like, yeah, yeah, I have three kids. I'm like, have you ever spent one-on-one time with one of them? I mean, if I went to the store and one kid or one of the children went with me, I'm like, no, 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 no. Taking one to breakfast, taking one for lunch, um, dressing up and everything. And that's when for Father's Days and birthdays, they're like, just give me a gift card, have them pick something out they want to do. And they'll do like a little dinner and a theater, dinner and ice cream or whatever it is. But it's just one of those things that I've learned. And I'm in a, I'm in a group right now. It's um, Purposeful Fatherhood. My buddy's a pastor for all Major League Baseball. His name's Luke Sawyer. And really, he's like, intentionally, what are you doing with your wife? Are you dating her? And I mean, that's one of the things that if I didn't have these people around me, when my kids were out of the house, we probably would have gotten divorced because we were paying attention to kids, doing the house, cleaning, paying bills. And, and it's an everyday thing. It's not like, hey, I'm perfect at it. But are people around me, I'm rubbing off and then I'm learning from what they do. And um, but it's just a really good thing of hanging around the four or five guys and, and people you're with is who you rub off onto. Remember, it's real estate or being a father, being a Christian, being a, a good dad, because there's people I see and I'm like, OK, I'm not going to judge you. But just say, so you no, know, I'm like, you know, Luke does this thing here. It's 50 bucks a month. Try it out. And, and then a couple are like, hey, man, he's changing my life. But so, I mean, that's that's what it's about. It's about helping each other grow together. That's kind of one of my whys. I think that's huge. Um, so I'm part of a men's Bible study. It meets Friday morning at 5.30, very early in the morning. Um, but, you know, a lot of the circle with real estate and financial freedom, and it's, it's about building wealth and building wealth for your family and then helping others build wealth. But, you know, I'm sitting around the room last, last week, and I'm like, you know, these stories are just great in terms of having, you know, in the real estate world, you want to have people that you model after that you, you think, hey, look, look what they did. I want to do what they did. And you follow kind of in their footsteps. But there's other parts of life to do the same. You know, like you said, be, yeah. being a you know, better husband and a better father. And, a, you know, and, and so we're always trying to grow. So we don't want to just grow financially. Right. We want it. And so when we think of the word freedom, mostly we think of financial freedom, you know, being able to do it, what you want. And you don't have to, you know, go to work, go to a W-2 job. But part of it is time freedom that you actually, you know, you have investments and you have the opportunity to do this one on one time with your with your children also. It is. It's very important because, I mean, you know, at around 530. I have a thing that says, put the phone down. And then like 545 is like, are you still in the phone? Put the phone down. Cause we usually have start to have dinner then. And, and then was it yesterday? I think I put the phone down at like a four 30. I said, Hey, what, you know, what can we do for dinner and this and that? But 
but it's very important because you get, you know, in this world where you're just working, working, working to, you know, even people like giving, I'm going to give once I make a million. Well, if you can't give when you're making 50,000 a year, a hundred, 200,000 a year, how are you going to give then? Right. Um, and it's important, like the guy I said in our church that passed away, I mean, you know, we had a hundred people at, at the prayer prayer meeting at 7, 8 p.m. one night and just he, he touched our lives. And but he was the guy that you're like, I want to be like him through God. I mean, really, because of what he did. Not like, I want to be him. I want to be him. Right. But it's like all these things that he always did stuff with his daughter. He just had a daddy. I mean, he passed away his daughter's sixth birthday. Sad. Um, but, um, you know, there was about a thousand people at the funeral, um, last week, whatever it was. And he was a major in the, in the police and everything was getting ready to retire, but just, you know, to, to, to know what he showed his kids about God and being a man and a, a head of the household. It's just what I want because, you know, there was the young me was a different version of me. And each year, two years, I try to, to level up. Um, and, and and it's one of those things that I do a lot of stuff with the syndication world. So it's not like, Oh, look at Ryan. I'm like, well, you might not want to be me because a lot of this stuff is three, four, five years out. So, you know, Ryan's working for three, four, five years from now, but everybody's got to have their goals. That's one of the things I go over in, in our mastermind or just a person that reaches out to me and I want to be you. I'm like, no, you want to be the best God given you right. that you can be of whatever you like, right. because you might not like any of the stuff I do. Right. right. <laughs> But, but yeah, I love it. I love trying to get people's potential of their, you know, physical, their, what they want to do with their spouse. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm right down vacations. I'm like, what kind of vacation do you want to take with your, with your wife, your kids? And I'm like, I thought you were going to have real estate goals. I'm like, I am, but I'm not there yet. Like, how much do you want to give? Like, I was at a Rod Cleave event in 2019, and they're talking about how many units you want. People were putting 2,000, 5,000. I was like, I want to give 100,000 a year. I want to give a million away and all this stuff. And Rod's like, I love that. I love that. But, yeah, it's just the giving. I mean, I'm in a, uh, you know, it's called man up and go fatherless kids. And it's kind of crazy because my one buddy trail that just passed away is, is, um, is, um, kids were just starting to help out with that organization, but, um, it's a, it's a good organization. And, um, some friends of mine are in it. My executive assistant, she's got seven kids of her own and two of them are of her biological and four adopted and one still a foster. But, just and it's crazy. We had the meetup with Rod Cleef um, in Clearwater about a week and a half, a week ago, and there was like six, seven people that were talking about, "Oh, I have foster kids. I have adopted kids. I help them out." But it's just, it's crazy when you start surrounding yourselves around the same kind of people, and, and you know, we're talking about vacations with family instead of going golfing with friends and for a week or two weeks and going out drinking and you know whatever it is, and like, oh, not with the family, not with the family, not with the family, you know, because. My my wife's father, the same thing. He, he made a lot of money, was always out golfing and was never there for the family. And, uh, you know, I, I don't want that. And then I've been to an event also that was talking about what if you had 10 years left to see your mom? Your mom's 70 years old. She makes it to 80. And I'm like, OK, my mom's in North Carolina. I, I might see her once every two years. So now I'm seeing her like two or three times a year. I'm driving up there and I'm having a little real estate uh, retreat in LJ which is about 35, 40 minutes from Murphy, North Carolina. Awesome. So again, I'm doing that. I'm doing everything on purpose, yeah. you, you know, and it's just about being consistent. Well, you mentioned about a mastermind a number of times, you know, we talk about conferences, you know, mentorships, you know, but you mentioned the mastermind a number of times. What's the value of a, of a mentorship? What's your, what's yours like and what's the value of that? Well, I mean, I could say a, a lot of these is the time you put into it, but 
when you're going over underrating deals, you're in your little mentor pod every week consistently, you're forming relationships. We all got something that we're good at. And it's just like, you know, you could be in these Facebook groups or you can watch as many YouTube videos as you can and it speeds you up. You can be, or you can get into a program that somebody says, Hey, swipe your card here. I can, you know, it talks about how much money they can give you on IRR, but then you're swiping your credit card for 22% rate at their event for $50,000. And now you're talking to their assistant or the assistant's assistant, and we're still in there. We're on all the Zooms. We're on all the calls. It's us. Um, yeah, we don't have 30 years experience. I've been through five cycles or anything else, but um, we've had a couple of sales. My partner's had a couple of sales going through. They're financially free. Um, I'm not working on it very closely. And we, we really, for a, a, a 250 bucks a month, it's some of those things that you could, people spend that much money on going to eat one night. But it's one of those things that you're in these rooms, you have somebody that you're accountable with, you're, you're talking about what you're good at. Some people are shy. Well, if you're shy at a, at a meetup or a convention, you, you might not talk to meet anybody. You might spend two, three, 400 bucks or even a thousand bucks, whatever it is. But in these meetings, you can be on Zoom um, and talk and meet somebody. Oh, this person's in California and they can raise a million dollars. I'm an asset management and I, I can watch this property here. It's just, it's all virtual. But it's um, it, you learn so much value by the people that are there and having instead of having to drive to a conference and spend a thousand bucks for a plane ticket and a hotel. But it's just like-minded people, and some of these people have no assets. Um, some people are renting an apartment, and then some people have houses. Some people have done wholesale deals and flips, and then there's some people that have closed four, five, six apartment deals with us. Raise capital, asset management, earnest money, the whole works. So it's really good. And then we get them in there and going, hey, what do you need help with? What do you like? And I go over their goals. I'm not going to, everybody's goals are different. But if I can help you meet your goals, and then I go to these conferences too. Um, I, I, I go to like usually five, six, seven conferences a year. They're pretty, pretty, pretty hefty, not in spending, but just like knowledge. And I write notes all the time. Like Magic Johnson was speaking. He's like, do a three-year goal. Forget your five-year, do your three. And but just uh, and make it crazy, make it hard. And, and it's funny because somebody's like, oh, I didn't close 200 units. I closed 150. I'm like, dude, when you when I first talked to you, you said you were going to close like 30 or 40. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's not numbers because it's more cash flow and appreciation and depreciation. But it's just setting your mind to reward yourself on the small things. But set your mind in the, two, the, the 30 year goal of being something that you don't think you would get to. Because then when you break those things down of how you're going to get there, you're like, I just broke it down how I can get to a three-year. But then I failed, which really isn't fail. It's just learned mm -hmm. how to make it halfway there. And I just – I'm almost there. I've, I've done what I didn't think I would probably do in 20 years. But the, the, those groups really help out, especially if they're intentional and they're, they're, they're weekly and you're there and you're in person. Because sometimes we'll have like about 15 people and there's only like seven that show up. And the seven that show up are usually the ones that are sending in LOIs. They're usually closing on deals. But, um, yeah, you got to put the work in. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, whether you're talking about free meetup groups or you're talking about uh, masterminds or conferences, you know, it's all about getting out there and, and learning from others and learning what you can bring to others and what they can bring to you. Uh, I think that's a misconception with a, with a lot of people who first get into multifamily is that they they kind of think they have to have it, it all down. 
But in reality, exactly, you know, it's a matter of finding the people that, you know, bringing the pieces together. You may be good in one area and then you find one or two or three other people that complement you. And then all of a sudden as a team, you're able to go out and make it happen. Well, I see that a lot on the single family side that somebody's like, oh, I had to buy this. I had to get the financing. I put down the $50,000. I had to rehab it. And then I had my, then I couldn't do my job. And it's like, no, when you have a syndication of four or five people and you have one person that does asset management or two and raising capital together, all these things, they, they, they help out. But um, people do think they, oh, I have to have the, all the money down. I'm like, listen, I'm like, you're, you're and, and so many doctors will come in. Well, I have $500,000. I'm trying to buy this, but I really don't have this. I'm like, listen, why don't you put in a couple hundred thousand dollars or even a hundred thousand and, and, and raise some capital and do underwriting for our deals. Cause you like underwriting also. And a lot of these people are in, you know, California, they're, they have, oh, I have four doctor friends that want to do it. And all of a sudden they're raising a million dollars. They're underwriting for our deals. And they were stuck trying to flip, flip their second house for, for three years. Right. They, and, they and they're in our program and, out of it, you know? Yeah. And it's, I, I say all these things are very simple. They're just not easy. And it's kind of one of the things that I say, because I mean, you, you got to work hard, but if you have a really solid team, if everybody does a little bit of work, you're not going to be working real hard, but you got to love what you do. I'm not going to tell you to to underwrite deals. If you're out there networking and raising capital like me, our our free event in Clearwater that we have once a month, I'm like, you know, Hey, you're, you're good at raising capital. I'm like, he's got money over here. Not even my deal. I I care less sometimes, but I'm in a family mastermind with um, Matt Andrews and he's really big at, Hey Ryan, talk to this person, talk to that person. And on the same way, I mean, my buddy, Mark Monroe is, he's in Fort Lauderdale, Boca Raton area. And he's like, man, he's like, I'll just like, who's good at this? And you're always spitting names and, and stuff out. And I'm like, well, if I don't know, I won't do it. But if I know somebody's good, I'll send the information. Um, but I love that. I love connecting people. I'm a good connector. And when I'm at these events, like I said, I'm like, you're looking for the videographer. I'm like, dude, there's two here right now. And the person that's doing our our, um, our video is here right now. Oh, she's with you. I thought she was a broad cleave. I'm like, no, 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 no. I got her here. And you know, but I mean, it's just one of those things that you got to help others out if we're doing these rooms. And I always say start in the free rooms, right. but then also don't mind paying 200 bucks, but make sure it's the room for you. Cause I just mean, I spent $10,000 for, to get into multi I mean, they're in some kind of single family wholesale fix and flip guru program, well, not guru program, the coach. And I'm like, well, they said that you were speaking on multi I'm like, no, I used to speak in that group and I left you like three months ago, but I just making sure if you want to learn self storage, go into self storage. Right. If you want to learn multifamily, be in the groups to talk about multifamily. We talk about both, and we underrate both deals. But um, if somebody's like, "Hey, I really want to know mobile home and RV," I wouldn't come in our group or, or single family. We don't we don't know it that much. We get some people in the group that have started off that way, but I can't guarantee you any success in the group at all. So yeah, and so I would I would also give advice that you know, say you go to a um, a conference and you're out, you're out in the hallway, you know, you tell somebody that what you're looking for and they might not be the right person, right? So you feel, you could feel a little rejected, but they all of a sudden may be talking to somebody five minutes later and they're like, you know what? I was just talking to somebody. Let me introduce the two of you. And, and that's all of a sudden how some things get happen, you know? So you have to tell people what you're looking for and what value that you can bring. It is. And that's why I like these groups, these accountability pods in our, in our mastermind. 
and, and they get to know people and they're like, oh, I didn't know you did this. And then, you know, what I'm going to do in about a month is I'm switching those groups up. So they're not getting accustomed and getting used to just always talking to me because if someone's learned underwriting, I'm not an underwriter and, and I'm not finding deals. Right. I, I do the other stuff. So I mean, but anyways, it's good to switch those things up and, and have you learn. But then also we have a sheet that says what people are good at. So if you're trying to learn underwriting, you know, the 20, 30 people that are underwriting, it says UW beside it, call them. Um, but I've had people over there, oh, I'm in there for two months. I'm like, you know, I'm missing some meetings and I haven't really got a whole lot. And I'm like, okay, well, who, who have you called and, and everything else? So, and now, so I'm like, so there's a few people in the group that don't make a whole lot of calls. So I have my assistant, I'm like, can you just tell them to call these five people and these five people? Because some need a little push. But again, if you're not calling anybody in the group, if you're not making the meetings, it's the same thing if you're in a fifty thousand dollar group. If you're not in those, if you're not going to the events, but you know, we did Jake and Gino, and it was a it was a good little penny. But we've been in it for two years. We learned a lot about buy right, manage right, finance right, and um, uh, like I said, I was in the deal room for about two and a half years. Learned a lot in there, and just all these groups, I learned. Um, I wasn't going to sit on YouTube for a couple of years, but I didn't get into real estate until I was in my forties. To, to the the investing side, but um, on the um, uh, financing side, commercially only, um, so in the mid thirties. Haven't been in in it for a little bit now. What what are what's your top one or two learning lessons that you would just pop out to you? I mean, I would say one thing is um, I'll, I'll do a couple of things. Uh, fixed rate is very good. Working. Um, with your team and knowing all your team members. I'd be able to go, Hey, you want to work with us and co GP on this deal and everything else? I'm like, who are your partners? I, I don't know. I'm like, I don't really? know. They say, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Or sometimes it's like, Oh, well, Mike is the main partner. I'm like, there's like eight, nine general partners on your OM. Tell me about Keith and Michelle and Heather. I, I just started a, a month ago and it just seems like the people want to raise capital are just kind of, you know, just, just raising capital sometimes. But there's so many people I know on deals that sometimes that really don't know their partners asking them, have you guys closed any deals that went South? Are you guys still raising for other deals? So there's all kinds of questions that we go through because a lot of co GPs will, will come to us because we're doing asset management. We're raising capital, earnest money. And then we want somebody that's close by and there's nobody close by. But again, um, like I said, the financing um, and having good financing in place and good team. Um, that's, that's the, our biggest, our biggest things in there, but, um, and then having somebody that's close by and boots in the ground that that's close to that property. Cause there's a couple of properties that we were going to get in like Arkansas and somewhere else. There wasn't anybody close by we knew and we just didn't go for it. I get it. I get it. But, um, but yeah, really, really selective on what we're doing now. I mean, I know one of the things we look at too is on the exit cap, if it's a six cap now and they're like, oh, we're going to exit at a six or we're going to refi at a 6% rate. I'm like, whoo, I'm like, it's, we're in this, we're in the sixes and sevens in the banking and the, you know, agency, we're at the, the high fives, low sixes, pretty much the low sixes now, uh, you know, so we always make sure we're like 150, 200 basis points up in certain areas um, on the, the exit cap. Cause we want to be conservative. Um, we think the project's going to take 18 months. We'll do 25 months. But again, having reserves on reserves, being conservative, because a lot of our deals, I told you, we're hitting the, the year three, year four projections performing in that first year, year and a half. That's that's huge. So I get the the 150 to 200 base point, um, you know, different 
differential, does that knock you out of a lot of the more competitive markets? That alone, like, I don't know today, but I know, you know, over the last two, three, four, five years, I mean, there were a, a bunch of B and A and B deals that were more like, you know, 25 to 50 basis point difference between the existing cap rate and Yeah, and I think you're supposed to do like, yeah, and I think you're supposed to do like 25 basis points each year, but just the way the rates went up so much this last, what do you call it, 16 months or 17 months, whatever it's been exactly. So we just want to be careful right. in, in case the rates go up, uh, you know, at one and a half percent and then we're, we're safe. Right. So are we losing deals over it? Yes, but we don't want to get a deal and then it's like, oh, okay, we thought we were going to get 17% IRR, now we're 14 or 13. No, I get that. And then the insurance goes It's just goes a matter up. of whether but, that pushes you to other, you know, to other markets, you know, to more tertiary and, and uh, secondary markets. Now we, now we have Leewood, Kansas. I think we went up like 75 or 100 basis points because it's a class A, really good area. So, but I'd say 75 to maximum that 200 basis points we're not going everything up but we're, we're like in Gainesville right now we have a um it's about a four and a half to five cap we're doing a, a hotel conversion and we have the exit at a seven cap so there we're and it's uh the the difference of it it's like i think it's around 26 25 26 million all in and it's a 36 million dollars at a seven cap so it's a really good sale on that deal but could we sell it a five cap five and a half six probably but again, we're just being conservative on that end. Uh, again, just in case anything happens or whatever, and I don't think the cap's going to change in that area. But again, we'd rather be conservative because of all these people. Some people don't go with us sometimes because we had some um, 18% IRRs. And now we're, we thought we'd raise them like the rents like 150 bucks and we're like 250. And then I knew some investors that went for other people's deals that were 20% IRR. And, and now those deals are like 18. And we, but so, I mean, it's, it's, so that's why I said, look at teams, look at team, look at asset management, look at who's running it. My partner's like hands on, um, uh, you know, leasing out these units, work with the property manager, working with the, 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 the company that it depends how big the property manager is, but it's just really of how much you work, you put into it because somebody's like, Oh, the property manager is going to run it. And I'm like, you guys don't do any calls. I'm like, it's 80 unit. That's 90%. Oh no, no, the property manager's got it. I'm like monthly calls, bi-weekly, weekly. But then you got some people that have like three or four weekly calls. And I'm like, it's 95% occupancy. Why do you have five weekly calls? And then there's one on Saturday morning and one on Sunday. I'm like, and I'm like, uh, and I had somebody else ask me before I said, when do you do your calls? And I'm like, well, usually on Thursday, 7, 8 PM and Saturday at like the CapEx calls, like at noon, I'm like, uh, I'm out. What do you mean you're out? And I'm like, I says, I have my wife and kids. I says, I, I, I it's not going to work at all. Well, let's go on a call tomorrow at like 7 p.m. I'm like, it's not going to work. So again, I mean, you got to find out where your time is. And me, it's people want to make these calls at 6, 7, 8 o'clock. And now not all the West Coast and the the Mountain Standard Time um, and investors or, or operators will, will work with us because I don't want to be on the phones after 6, 7 p.m. during the weekdays and the weekends with my that I could be sending to my family. Because no. you, only, you don't get that time back. You can't buy it. You can't. Here's a million dollars. Can I have a couple hours back from last week? You can't do it. Right. I completely get that. So your mastermind and the people that you've seen come in, say there's two different groups of people. There's some, there's some people that come in and they, they want to passively invest. 
Um, and then there's another group that wants to come in and maybe they're looking to get into their first deal as a, as a general partner. Um, what is the difference between the people that are successful that grow and take, you know, and, and actually take action and those that don't? I mean, the, the successful ones are the ones I think that take chances um, and take action. I mean, I was sitting back not taking action for a few years. Uh, I could have been a real estate investor in my 20s. My dad and I could have bought something again. I, I always think it's God's timing because I probably couldn't have handled that money good enough. But I, I think, you know, to the people that are failing and learning from their mistakes are the ones that, that do well. I mean, look at, you know, Albert Einstein, everybody else, that, that's all these failed events or, it's just, I, I, you got to get the warning. You got to have motivation. You got to have, um, you, you just, that, that kick to go. But if you never try, you, you're never going to get anywhere, but the ones that are taking action and the ones that are in the rooms and learning with good action. Um, I, I think the ones that are successful. I mean, there's people like, Oh, I'm not going to invest right now. It's this and that. I'm like, listen, we got, we got a seller finance at 5% rate for, for five years plus another five year option at the same rate. Like we're, we're 10 years at a 5% rate pretty much right. at a 30 year immunization, or it's not like, Hey, the, uh, we have it that the insurance is not going to go up for five years. Hey, we have, you know, it has to be 98% occupancy to get by. So, I mean, you know, we usually have a lot of those things in there. We can lit- mitigate risk as much as we can. But again, there's people that I'm like, if you're not interested and, and you're not going to take the chance. Oh, 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 that one deal you had last I'm like, that's the one that you said you didn't want because of, you didn't know sell stores are busy. I'm like, well, we're already paying our prep payments out and it's been two months and we're paying the full, you know, 8%, 9%, 10% on there. How can I get in that deal? I'm like, it's too late. So again, it's, you know, you got to take action. And, you know, also people come say, I want to put $500,000 towards a deal. And I'm like, why would you do that? What are your goals? Where are you trying? So again, you know, I'm asking them their goals and they're like, I make a million dollars a year. What do you mean with my goals? I'm like, well, what are your goals? And I have 500 K. I'm like, I would diversify that. Like I ask them where your taxes, 401k and find out whether they got a couple million in 401k. It's been a couple million dollars four years ago. And I was like, well, I would put a hundred K into like three deals, like a hundred, a hundred, a hundred. Um, why is that? I don't know. In case a tornado hits this one down and we're not paying any cash flow, and we got to rebuild it or something, but I would do that. And sometimes people go ahead and they, they get mad and they put three or 400 towards like three different deals each. But, um, you know, just, just asking them and diversifying them because I look at it as in my shoes that I don't want them to lose money. And I really say, Hey, I think this is going to be the really good deal. If you're going to like, I have hotel owners, they're my investors. I'm like, well, I'm going to buy another hotel in a year or two. I was like, well, then don't do this five year hold, do this two or three year hold here. Um, it's a really good deal and build the rent. We'd like those because the REITs are buying them like crazy. And I don't see any slowdown in that. I said, I would put your money all here then. So again, because sometimes they just want one deal. And if we have two or three deals, I want to see what deal fits them right. and, and their investing you know, criteria. So it's really getting to know them, um, but, but listening. That's one of the, well, I, the biggest I things. I hear people say over and over and over again, you know, get educated. And I completely agree that you need to get educated. But I think the difference, in my opinion, the difference between the, the ones that end up being successful and not is the, what you said is you know, is that they take action, you know, and you can read so many books and you can, you know, understand the the lingo and you can watch podcasts and eventually you're going to have to invest in something. And then 
you learn from that. And, and, you know, hopefully you picked a good one, you know, but if you didn't, you're still going to learn from that. I've, I've met so many syndicators that, you know, they did it, they did their first deal and maybe the first deal was, there were some challenges that came up and they learned from that, but they realized that this is still a better path than just doing the corporate thing. It's great because the more of these weekly asset management calls we get, and then the more organized they get, like, hey, let's go to, go to bi-weekly. But some of these people were like, hey, let's just do a month one. And I'm like, no, I'm like, we have, you know, 15 vacant y- units. Let's our cap X. Let's, let's see how these, you know, different inspections or anything else went. Let's go check the place out, change the keys. And I'm not no, I haven't been in this game for 20 some years, but it's, it's funny because I'm like, hey, the investors put money in here. Let's, let's get it right. And, um, but we learn a lot and like, Hey, cost segregation study. Here's the finance person. Here's the, the IRA self-directed. Here's this. If you were like, Holy cow, we just got this deal going on. You're sending me four or five different names. I'm like, they're the best ones. But if you got somebody else better, use them. Um, cause some of the attorneys, attorney we have, and, um, some others might be very busy because we're doing, you know, we've done, you know, 10 deals with our attorney, Nick Moore. Um, he's got like, he's got two or three of our deals right now. Um, it's going on with three of them. So they, they get busy. Uh, and again, what happens when you get not saying one specific person, but what happens when you start making a million dollars? What happens when you start making money? Again, what else about? You're going to start spending time with your family. You're going to start going on more vacations with your wife and your kids and all this thing. So, you know, just so we usually have a couple of people that can do self-directed IRA because if they are busy and the more you meet these investors, the more you do work with these other vendors and the more successful they are, the, the, the busier they're going to get. Now, if they have like three or four paralegals, two or three other attorneys, and they can get this work done, I text my attorneys, I text my self-directed IRA, our cost segregation, I'm like texting them. And it's like, well, I emailed him um, over the weekend. I'm like, why well, just text him? And he just told me that he'd be in the office at 8 a.m. Monday and he'll get the PSA to back to us by nine o'clock. He's like, how do you do that? I'm like, I text them. But yeah, it's, it's just, you have to take a lot of action in this and you can't do it by yourself is the one thing. And you shouldn't be scared of it. Like people get on this thing. Oh, we got to raise this amount of money together. I'm like, listen, I don't care if you're introverted, you're shy. Let's get them on a zoom. Let's educate them. Let's, let's get to know them. Let's get to know the team, the development team and see if it's a good fit for them. And if not, Oh, well, and, and then all of a sudden, all you're going to do, the more of these Zooms you're going to do with the, uh, with the partners, you're going to learn more and more. And then it's like, oh, wow, if I want to spend 250 to get in this mastermind, 250 a month to get into this, to learn this, and then to raise some capital, to help out with underwriting, due diligence, whatever it is. It's like, I, I, I've been looking at YouTube for two years. I'm like, I don't know how much YouTube you're going to learn to. And we brought about 30 people on our deals just in the last like three or four months. I mean, so we're, we're bringing people with us. Now, again, if you have a deal and it's a JV deal and you don't want us involved, just let us look at it to make sure it's okay. Um, you know, because other people that'll be like, oh, this mastermind with Ryan, they let them do this deal and it went south. But, you know, we try to, you know, there's some deals where like, hey, I don't really suggest it or I'm not buying in Houston, I'm not buying in Chicago or California. But, you know, there's other people that might like that in this room. Um, so again, we tell people in our, you know, when we meet them, like what our buy criteria is, because if you don't know your buy criteria and one day you're in California looking next day Chicago, you know, you really, that's what I learned in Jake and Gino of your buy criteria. Cause I got on the call with Gino. He's like, where are you buying it? I'm like, ah, oh, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Texas. And he goes, well, how about uh, this side of the railroad track in Macon? How is it? I'm like, I don't know. He goes, actually, it's a good area. Mm. How about this side over here? It's like, so again, I mean, these are things that you learn 
And then I'm like, listen, if you're buying in Atlanta, whatever it is, find some in this group. There's four people in Atlanta. There's five people in Dallas in our group. Um, there's a bunch of people in um, LA area. And now we have four or five more meetups that are coming up in um, Texas, Virginia, New York, and some other areas. And again, I'm like, if you're not ready for the meetup, come to ours a couple of times and see how it is. But we're just trying to educate people. And uh, that's all you're doing with your investors. You're not selling them. You're, you're educating them. And yeah, if they have money in 401k, it's You're providing it's opportunities them for them. And they, you know, maybe an opportunity that they want to proceed with and they may not. Um, so, hey, if people want to reach out to you and get to know you better, what's the best way for them to do that? I, I mean, I, I, my phone number is uh, 727-729-2647. We have a mastermind called The Core. The Core. It's about us because we are the core, all of us together. And um, you can get the request on on Facebook, but it is um, invite only and it is a paid membership. But um, also in Clearwater, Florida, we have a meetup the fourth Wednesday of every month down in Clearwater. Text me, call me. Um, I am maxed out on Facebook. So um, you know, text, call me or my assistant, Jolene Slavic. And uh, she heads up um, our executive assistant and for the core, but there's 95 of us in the group and we'd love to, to help you out or anything, getting these free, uh, free Facebook groups that have 10, 20, 30,000 people in them, or a couple of them have like uh, a couple of thousand, but they're all investor bases and really just getting as much value as you can for, for, for not spending as much money. But sometimes you got to spend money and, and, and take action. Fantastic. Well, Ryan, I appreciate you sharing with me, sharing with listeners. Uh, Listeners, I hope that you enjoyed that one. Until next week, signing off. Thank you for listening to Darren Batchelder's Real Estate Investing Show at darrenbatchelder.com. If you liked the episode, please provide us with a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast platform of choice. If you already provided us with a five-star review, then thank you. And please share the show with a friend. 